Welcome to Live and Love Your Brand, a podcast to support you in sharing your message and mission with the world. I'm your host, Emma Lovell. I'm lovely by name, lovely by nature. I'm a personal branding specialist with a mission to support female entrepreneurs to live and love their brand. I've been running my business, Lovely Communications, for more than 12 years, and I can hand on heart say that my success has come from the strength of my personal brand. I believe in the power of owning and sharing our story. I want to help you own your story, show up consistently, and really put yourself out there. So here on the podcast, you'll find helpful tips, practical exercises, and joyful discussions that will inspire you to reconnect with your brand and communicate it more effectively. I'll be joined by incredible experts to discuss how personal branding can have a huge impact on your business and on your life. I'd love to hear from you, so please make sure to connect over on social media. You can find me on Instagram at lovelycoms, that's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y, double the L means double the life, Facebook, Lovely Communications, and you can join in the conversation in our lovely community, the Live and Love Your Brand Facebook group. Of course, make sure to come back weekly as each new episode drops. I can't wait to share with you how to gain clarity, build confidence, and increase connections all by sharing your unique personal brand with the world. Lovely Communications is based on the Gold Coast and recognizes Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies where we work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on your Gumbe country and from wherever you are listening, we respect the elders past, present and emerging. I'm excited today to welcome to the podcast Katrina McCarter from Marketing to Mums. Katrina is a sought-after business coach, best-selling author of two books, international speaker and podcast host. She has three brands and today we'll be talking about her role as the founder and CEO of Marketing to Mums, a marketing and research consultancy which helps businesses and brands sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumers, mums. I am so excited that Katrina will be joining us as she has really um, amazing experience and knowledge, just next level uh, on the stats especially, so so much research that's gone into her work, uh, but also so many powerful gems, but she also talks about her own journey and her own story, and that's really exciting for me to see where Katrina is going now, but a bit more about Katrina. She is the founder of Marketing to Mums and she works with small micro businesses right through to corporate developing strategies to attract more mothers and their families to their brand. She's been working in sales and marketing for more than 20 years and as a mum herself and a prolific researcher into the behaviours of Australian mothers, she can help you develop a strategy to attract any segment of mothers to your business. And more recently, she's morphed into a hiker after taking her very first trek on the Larapinta Trail, walking 130 kilometres over six days across Central Australia. And she's already booked another two big walks. Uh, a woman after my own heart, and it's something we get to chat about because I also just did Larapinta. So a brilliant conversation. No further ado, welcome Katrina McCarter. Welcome to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast, Katrina McCarter. Oh, thank you very much, Emma. It is great to be able to chat with you today. I've seen you. You are like a 
professional podcast guest. Um, I know you have your own podcast, but I see your name come up a lot with different podcasts. So it's like, I feel like I've, um, yes, got you. <laughs> I was like, yes, got the podcast guest. Well, so, I'm wrapped to have the opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. I'm going to start off, you know, super easy with yeah. uh, the question of who are you? Oh, yeah, so easy. Okay. Well, listen, how how I'd respond is that I'd probably say um, I am a marketing and partnerships coach or strategist. Um, I'm also an author, best-selling author and an international speaker. And I'm someone who's got uh, my finger in a couple of different pies. So I have three different brands. I've got Marketing to Mums, which is a marketing and research consultancy business where I work with small businesses right through to corporates and I help them attract more mothers and their families to their business. So that's my first business. My second business is called Partnership Mastery and that's where I'm working with a lot of small business owners and a lot of entrepreneurs as well. And I'm teaching them how to identify and negotiate meaningful partnerships so Mm. that they can get ahead in their business a lot faster. And I really love that one. Um, And then my third brand is really my speaker brand. And that is Katrina McArthur, my personal brand. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love it. And I'm, you know, as a marketing to mums, you are a mum yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How did that start? Like how did you How did it come use? together? Yeah, because, I mean, we all talk about target market uh, all the time, but, like, yeah, what made you channel into that? Yeah. That's very specific. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a really interesting question and one that I get asked a lot. My um, corporate background is actually in the grocery industry. Mm. So I used to work for a lot of big brands. I used to work for Arnott's running their Victorian sales team. And I, I worked a lot with Miles Pet Care looking after their supermarket accounts. So I used to look after all the coal supermarkets nationally. And we were all, it was always mum being the grocery shopper. So certainly um, coming up as, you know, in my early 20s and through my 20s, I was hearing a lot about, you know, mum, mum, mum. But for me, um, I really started to get more insights into mums when I became a mum myself, Mm -hmm. which was uh, 19 years ago now. I've got a 19, a 17 and a 15 year old. And uh, I actually found the transition into motherhood fairly challenging Mm -hmm. because I felt really um, very much pigeonholed into this um, identity by society and uh, was really foreign to me. And I was only viewed as, and I don't want to say, well, in inverted commas, just as just a mum, what I mean is that there was no other reflection of me in any other Mm. role um, at all. Um, So I felt like I lost a big chunk of my identity as who I was as a a woman. So for me, that kind of adjustment took place over over about probably 18 months, a couple of years, but Mm. I really disliked the way that society kind of viewed me and and spoke to me. Um, And then in 2012, I launched my very first business And um, that was an online shopping website for mums. And I grew that to a community of 150,000 mums. And given that it was such a large engaged community, obviously brands would start to approach me to um, and engage me to promote their promotions and sales. And so what would happen would be these big brands and little brands would send me through their creative. I'd look at it and I'd go, 
this just isn't going to land with my audience. Mm. Like you really don't understand how to communicate with mothers. And I could also feel this growing swell in my own community about this distaste in how they were being communicated with. Mm. So I'm very much a data-driven marketer and I thought I'm going to go off and do a bit of research here. And I put out a survey out to my community and I kind of hope to get about three or 400 responses and I was overwhelmed with more than 1,800 mums around the country wanted to be heard mm. and they wanted to have their say. And our key finding was that 63% of Australian mums believed that brands, advertisers and businesses just didn't understand them. Yeah. And I went, wow, that is such an opportunity for businesses who can get that right. And I actually sold my first business. I went off and sold that. And that's when I launched my to mums. I thought, I've really got some insights here and this is really what I know. Um, this is the way that I can help both mums um, in the sense that they can get better quality communications coming through from brands and I can really help brands um, improve the way they're communicating with mothers. And that's how Marketing to Mums came about. Amazing. And it's no wonder that there's so many um, businesses that are started by mums who yeah. in those early years just see this massive gap of products or services or just, yeah, probably maybe the product or service exists, but they're like, I don't resonate with that or they're not speaking to me, so I want to create it. And they're they're mums speaking to mums. Yeah, it's absolutely true. So what we see is here in this country for well over a decade, mum, well, women are entering business at more than twice the rate of men. It's actually almost close to three times. Mm. And that's been the case for well over a decade. And that's because what we see is women are looking for more flexibility. So employers still aren't delivering the, the level of, of flexibility that women want, but they're also looking for more meaningful work as well. Mm. So that's really about them having an impact and and, um, taking control of the work that they do and the area that they work in. And you're right, what we find is a lot of women have this lived experience after having a child and that they believe that they can address an issue or a problem that women that other women face uh, more successfully. And that's because there are so many areas that have just been looked through a male lens as mm-hmm. well for so long. Um, and so women are really changing. Uh, we're seeing some terrific inventions coming out through uh, through women, which is which is really really wonderful. There's a woman, an Australian woman, who's moved to the states that has um, a throat probe um, oh. for um, allowing doctors to successfully be able to um, look down a child's throat because she had experience, you know, that problem. We've got another an, another woman who has designed something for when you're traveling. In, a, in an aircraft um, so that your baby can sleep. Emma Love. Um, yeah, another Emma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I told her, but, you search my name and I, I like, love you, love what you've done, but you're really dominating in the personal brand space. Can you... Yeah. Can we change yeah, the name? Emma, Emma's actually really good on personal brand as, as well. So, um, so you, look, there are some great inventions, and that, and that's what I love. And we're also seeing this kind of in the in the service area too. So. Um, women are really changing um, some of the services and products that are available out there and launching some really exciting new businesses. And I just want to come back to what you talked about in terms of where it all started for you. And I think that that's probably a lot of what other women have gone through as well. And I, I resonated because I felt the same. I felt very challenged by 
um, pregnancy and by becoming a mother. And it, even yeah. though it was something I wanted, it was for me, it wasn't about my child and, and even any difficulty that I have with my yeah. child now, it's still, he's fine. The baby's yeah. fine. I, I always thought the baby bit would be the hard bit and, and all the things around them, but it was the so- societal view and that the expectations and the that is still and the, so stereo, the stereotypes in those expectations. And what and you it, said with the just a mum, and I, we even want to do your yeah. podcast, but inverted commas, and I totally, I literally said that when in those early months, I was like, I do not want to be put in the mum box. And I felt like my life was just going to be looking at mummy blogs and all and being, you know, and being marketed to all the time and just being, having to talk about all this stuff all the time and and it did there was this massive sense uh loss of identity uh that I felt and and it was all the unknown as well I had no idea what was to come but I just felt like instantly I was put into this new category and that yeah. was yeah yeah so and it, and it's it's just so tight that little category it's so you know we want bigger lives um so actually that's something that's come through really consistent uh, consistently in research is that um mothers want to be treated as women first yes. mothers second they say look motherhood look it is incredibly important to to any to, to, to any mother but it's not all of us mm-hmm. and what we're what we're hearing constantly is I want to be reflected for the multi-dimensional woman that I am like mm-hmm. show show me other aspects of my life as well and what you said with that and I don't know if you've heard the term I'm, I'm sure you might have but it's matrescence so you yes. said that that process yes. for you was like 18 months. Yeah. And I think that that journey, so um, matrescence means the journey from woman to motherhood. And that the journey doesn't just, as soon as the baby comes out, you know, for no. me, the journey started from the pregnancy, but for some that that journey, and for a lot of us that adapting and evolving and integrating, it takes years. And, you know, I think um, brands that can speak to that and resonate with that and, and even people who can understand that and really it's I, I I like working with women who have children as well because I know that that they will have had that loss of identity at some point absolutely and it comes through other fat like factors like loss of job loss of a change of house moving country it can happen through menopause changes. yeah but menopause is a really really big changing time as well there's yeah. a there's a really key awakening that we see um in mothers where they actually go and put themselves first again for the first time in decades and that's a really pivotal time and opportunity for people in the health and wellness space for mm. um you know it's generally triggered by a health you know, incident of some kind, and it can be really small, um, but that leads into um, a whole lot of new opportunities for businesses and brands. But um, that one is probably one area that I think is really going missing. But Mm. even when, as we were just talking about before, when a woman goes into, um, it makes that transition into motherhood, she actually, research shows us that she will actually rethink every relationship she has with Mm -hmm. brands every relationship particularly if you are in anything to do with um, the laundry space or anything associated there because she's learning through her baby about what she's willing to put on her skin Mm. so fabrics clothing it's a time where we see women will actually um, often upgrade their skincare um, what they'll invest in terms of smaller um, treats for themselves Um, it's it's a key time for business and brands as well so it, the more you can understand 
which segment of mothers you cater for. Um, don't ever try and appeal to all um, because you will have a terrible experience and wonder why your sales aren't coming in. For me, the, the real opportunity for businesses, first and foremost, is to get right who their most profitable segment of the mum market is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love what you said before, like the, think woman first. And I would just yeah. I say that in any business is think person first like but we do you put people in categories into demographics and I find I find with my um, clients sometimes that doing that target market work because it's been so like demographically and it it does play a part but it's I take it to another point where it's like how do they feel what do they want is that qualitative information it's like if that part is really hard for you and you don't want to have 46 year old Sue from you know, South Sydney who does this and does that, like if that part's really hard, thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, that sort of thing can really help a huge part of how you speak to someone as well. And that I think that that part can get lost. It's just the stereotype and then Without question, which is why I, with Marketing to Mums, we do a heap of work on on market research projects just for individual brands where we will drill down and work out who your most profitable segment of the mum market is and delve deeply into them. Because what you've said is that with that demographic stuff, a lot of people will have the surface information. Mm -hmm. They'll know it at a superficial level who their most profitable mum is. But you're right, it's all about what are their triggers, what are their motivations, what are their other behaviours, how do we understand them? Um, and that's what we spend a lot of time going into. How do you speak to them? Right. How do you speak to that? It's it's so it's so different. But, you know, you mentioned in your introduction that you have three, essentially three brands, and you do have this business brand of marketing to mums, but you are also a person, Katrina. Yep. So how do you navigate that space? And, and as you said, even your speaker is, is a person. So how do you navigate the business and the personal? Oh, in terms of um, uh, your personal in, brand, yeah. Oh, okay, my personal brand. Okay, yeah. so as I said, I've, I've got uh, I've got the three brands. So I've got marketing to mums, partnership mastery, and Katrina Makata. Katrina Makata, I used to my personal brand used to predominantly be my speaking brand. You will find if if anyone's following me at the moment is that that's starting to shift and change, and I'm starting to do a lot more of my personal pieces and blog articles. Um, And that's becoming almost like my lead platform, whereas before it used to be a secondary platform. What you'll find by the end of the year is that it will be my primary platform. So I will be spending (laughs) a lot more time um, actually leading under under my personal brand. So um, that's been an evolution. Mm -hmm. Um, in time and part of that has been my own personal growth and about where I want to be and what I want to do the other part of that for me is that I've got a lot of complexity I've Mm -hmm. got so many different brands and with each of those brands I've each got an Instagram page I've each got a Facebook page etc etc and I'm wearing lots of hats and what I'm looking to do in my life both in business and in life is I'm looking for to simplify as well So for me, my personal brand by the end of the year will be my dominant brand. And that's clarity for you. You heard it first here. I know. I got the <laughs> scoop. Yes. Uh, but, you know, that's the clarity. I, I mean, it's it's music to my ears. It's the, it's the clarity for you, but it will be the clarity for your audience as well. And I think that sometimes people 
what I see is like put so much equity into the business brand and you build yes. this thing up and you put so much energy into it. You, you've done a lovely job with, with both and you do, I do see you bringing yourself to the business as well. But we're sometimes, um, and what, when we were talking before about these mums starting businesses, the ones that I feel are doing so well are the ones that do bring their personal story into it. Oh, without question. Their story into it. And it's not just this white label. Yeah. So under marketing to mums, I believe that there are eight fundamentals that you have to have in place. The second one is actually your brand story. And that is your personal story. Why are you doing what you're doing? What's your passion for it? What makes you different and what makes you, because that's what makes you special. Um, And what is it that you're trying to do to make mum's life easier? Yeah. And it's, it's, that's the connection piece. That's the piece that why would I buy your skincare product over the um, Dean million that are out there? Why would I buy that brand? And, and how lovely is it? I know I'm such a, I love a story. Love me a story. We can all know that, but um, I love being able to tell a story. Someone goes, I love, I love that what your son's wearing. And I'm like, that's, oh, that's my friend's brand. He designed that. And uh, he started after these actually funny, Lara Pinta, my son is on a website wearing a bib and he designed those bibs because I asked him, I was like, you should have, um, I love doing matchy matchy. So my husband has the shirt with the yeah. your design on it, but there's nothing for the babies. And he made me a gift for my baby, but he really was doing it more as a hobby. But when he went on Lara Pinta and he was out there and he was drawing and um, after that, he's come back and he's really thrown himself into the business. But I love, I share his brand because I know the story. I know him. There's so much more connection to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a joy to have that. Well, for any, anyone who is uh, wanting to appeal to women, women are emotive and they connect through stories. Um, so if you're wanting to build a connection with a prospective purchaser or, you know, service user, um, you have to have that, con- you have to build that connection through storytelling. Um, it is one of your most powerful tools that you could possibly use. And, you know, we, I have seen Katrina around quite a lot and, and um, seen you on podcasts and things like that. But, it, you know, we personally got to connect more because you just did the Lara Pinta Trek. Yeah. And, you know, I literally was there um, in Alice Springs about to go on the trek and your article came up and you've been sharing these wonderful stories afterwards. And, you know, you have just given us the scoop that things are going to change a bit for you. But how does that feel for you, Um you know, though that you are being quite open and honest and vulnerable, and I, I invite people to go and, and have a look. You're sharing quite a lot of personal. How does that feel for you doing that? Uh, look, I recently, when I came back from the Lara Pinter, I had um, some I had some really big challenges in 21. Uh, it was the shocker of a year for me, and I was dealing with a lot of loss and grief, and that's really what sent me out on doing a six day trek of 130 k's in the most physically challenging uh, environment. Um, and I came back and I felt ready to share. Mm. Um, I I felt like I was ready to be vulnerable. Um, and that's something that I haven't done with my personal brand before. I share a lot of the great stuff and I'll share mm-hmm. a lot of my personal life, it, the good stuff, but I hadn't shared any of the, the really challenging stuff that I'd been through. So um, I came back and, and, and we had that, I had a piece go out um, and I was 
really nervous putting it out. I'll be quite frank with you. Um, mm. that, that was that was really nerve-wracking. I didn't know how people might judge me. Mm. Um, I didn't know what might happen. I didn't know if it might impact my business because people thought that I was in this really difficult space and wasn't going to be able to work. I, for the record, I certainly um, am. Um, you I, show up. I'm fine to be <laughs> showing up for work. But um, so I was nervous about putting it out. What happened was something that I hadn't expected. And that was just an incredible outpouring of people that had been in my community, but we really hadn't talked. I got a lot of personal emails with people sharing with me just how challenging life had been for them um, Mm. and how much my story resonated with them. Um, So it was really, really lovely. And it taught me that it's okay to be vulnerable in Mm. business and share some things. Um, So that was a massive learning for me, even after a decade of, of being in business. So I have actively now looked, I'm not an oversharer, but I yes. look to um, have my every my personal life intertwine with business lessons. Yes. So I look for that connection that I can share with you my story. And I think I was just telling you, Emma, before we kicked off, when I got off the Lara Pinter Trail, I wanted some way to have some kind of trophy to, you know, I, I needed a trophy to say, wow, I, I just did made it. <laughs> major, major achievement because it was so far out of my comfort zone. And I bought myself an Akubra. I decided I was going to buy an Akubra hat and I went into uh, Outback, which is the local uh, store down in, uh, in Alice, and I met the most beautiful man called Barry. And Barry had suffered melanoma a good decade before and he spent a lot of time I'm um, fitting me for the best Akubra hat I could have, my, my ultimate trophy. But after purchasing it, he sat me down with my along with my friends and he had me captivated for the next half hour about how to care for my Akubra hat, my new trophy. And he threw every kind of scenario possible at me of what might happen to my Akubra from someone sitting on it when I, you know, put it down in the car to it changing shape in the rain because I'm in Melbourne I get caught out in the rain and what that might do to my Akubra. And he had these elaborate plans as to what I would do in each one of these different scenarios. So what I did is I took that story and I've just launched it today in my newsletter and shared the story of Barry, but talked about it from the customer experience and mm. good old-fashioned customer experience that we just don't get anymore. And um, Barry and I left after, you know, we had a great exchange for a good hour, um, took a photo with Barry to commemorate my trophy, and I've written a long article today about, yeah, the importance of customer experience and, and what made my experience with Barry so, so profound. Yes, I love that. And now, you know, now we know about Barry and now yeah. about like that. What a great, you know, testimonial uh, about him. But, you know, I think that's something that people find difficult and don't understand um, what you've you've said about vulnerability and oversharing. Like they think yeah. that if you to be vulnerable, you have to overshare and you have to invite everyone into every aspect of your life. No, you don't. No. There are ways to tell stories while still protecting yourself and um, having things that are just for you. But it's such a value as well if you can take things from your personal life that show that you're a human and a person um, 
you're telling it in a very entertaining way, which is also very lovely, great storytelling, but then applying it to a business, like to a business thing. And that's where it's just been this separation um, of people thinking, you know, you have to be professional over here or business over here and personal over there. But we are people. Yeah. Can I say it's been a real evolution? When I worked corporately, I was very Mm. much my corporate persona and I was was myself outside of work. And I actually have a close friend who uses me as an example to others because um, I used to talk about, you know, the mask I would wear it at the office. Like, mm. And when we became friends, she goes, is this what you're like? Because we had worked together for so many years, <laughs> never spoken, and we both had children at the same time. And she goes, oh, my God, is this what you're really like? And I'm like, yeah. Um, and she's like, why do you wear this mask? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really interesting um, because when I went into business, I was very conscious that I didn't want to wear that mask anymore and that yes. I was going to be me. Um, but there was still somewhat um, behind the cloak in in the sense that there was a lot that uh, that I still didn't share. And I think, you know, over a decade into business, I'm now doing that a little more. And that was uh, a testament to coming off the Lara Pinter and really saying I it's okay mm. for me to share a little bit of vulnerability uh, with my community. Yeah, and it's a community is the, the word. I mean, you do have a community and people maybe, you know, we talk about followings and audience and target market and it's like view them as the community and that's, you know, when you're inviting people in and you have this space that is shared and so lovely the connection that can happen in that. But I think I love what you said as well, that it is a journey, it is an evolution, and it does take time. I think people think when they're working on their personal brand that it needs to be happening overnight and it's just like this, uh, you know, to hear about rebranding and I'm like, you can't rebrand <laughs> because it's you. It's just yeah. bringing out more of you. You know, In a, a personal sense, you, you can't really rebrand. It's just that you might show more or share more or do it in a different way, but it, it doesn't have to happen overnight. And it does have to have some comfort, you know, building some comfort, but it, it's still going to be uncomfortable. Oh, without, without question. But, I, I mean, you know, just on that rebranding of personal brand that, that, that you mentioned, um, my personal brand is very kind of slick and polished mm. um, with my speaker brand, but people are starting to see that evolve, that you're seeing more of, um, me in my natural state <laughs> in her natural habitat <laughs> more, more more relaxed um yeah. and with that um more accessible more approachable so you can evolve yes um, with your personal brand I think is really where what you're saying as opposed to rebrand it as such yeah, it's like a make I mean it's, it's like the equivalent of a makeover yeah you know, that people see and it's like but you know, that's just the language we use in a business sense and it doesn't necessarily apply directly to a person. But it's like, of course, I got a great question today, which was like, um, you know, what are the risks or the challenges of when you when you do change your personal brand, you know, and where we are visible? And I said, for me, I don't think there is a risk, but you, but there is potentially you are going to lose people because people may no longer resonate with that. But I don't think you don't do it. It, it might be just that you are sharing a little bit honestly and, and saying, yeah, I'm going through a change and you might see things that look different and, you know, people will come along for the journey or they won't. And I've, I've been pleasantly surprised just how many people wanting to 
come along for the ride. Yeah. And, and you know, if anything, yes, it might, it, it could lead to more engagement, but at least with the right people or the right, you know, when we go back to the target market, you're going to be attracting the people that you want to be having in that community and you want to be having in that audience um, when you share in that way. I think it's Correct. I'm so excited to see this journey for you. But have there been any other challenges? And I mean, you are shifting, you're probably in it right now, but any other challenges that you've faced in terms of showing up with your personal brand or that, you know, that business personal? Uh, I think in terms of business, overall business challenges, I think um, in the early days, I probably didn't have the boundaries around my work um, as much as I do now. And again, that's been an evolution of just learning. Mm. Um, In my early years, I was, you know, my kids were younger and I wanted to be the best mum I could and be around and present. So that meant a lot of 3am, you know, working through till 3am and getting a lot of those learnings. But I guess over time, I've learned how to grow businesses uh, far more efficiently um, over time. Um, And I don't work weekends anymore. I now am in a position where I can work four day weeks as well, Fridays and my days. Mm. because I've I've worked out just how valuable that is to my creativity and my ability to problem solve and my ability to give more to clients. So Fridays are my days to fill up my cup so that during, you know, Monday to Thursday, I can fill up the cups of my clients. Um, And that works really, really nicely for me. And I don't work weekends anymore. So I guess some of them have been learnings over over time. Um, But I guess I now work with a lot of people who are juggling, you know, having children. Um, and juggling that business and life well it's all one life so quite often with my coaching we're actually determining goals that we want to have in our in our personal life as well or how we parent because that that has influences how often you work and so we spend a lot of time setting up schedules and workflows and things such that it enables personal goals to be fulfilled as well but that there have been learnings I said you know over a decade And it's so important, like you've said that, it's just trying to separate. You know, they they can't be separated. There's ways to put in boundaries and to have that sort of thing. But we ultimately, especially when you're the one running the business, you're doing it for, there must be a reason why. So there is going to be a personal value and a personal drive in that will come through into the business or how you operate. Yeah, and I think that as my children have got older, as I said, you know, I've got teenagers now, I think my role as a business owner is to actually role model what mm. good business ownership looks like because I'd love to encourage them to go into business and, um, and you know, decide how they want to spend their time and invest their time. So for me, um, I've, you know, and that means making sure that I've got decent boundaries around it, but also demonstrating that I'm thinking really big for my business and that I'm having a crack in areas, new areas. I think that's important that they see that, you know, I might muck something up and and that that's okay. I get on and fix it and and move on. But even um, uh, recently I I took my youngest out of school early on a Friday afternoon and met up with my eldest who was working in fashion in the city after her shift and I took them off to an insurance pop-up. And you might go, you know, why? 
Um, and for me, this was, uh, I was, uh, I love seeing how um, different businesses approach things and I'm massive about being different in business. That's one of my key kind of pillars. And I've recently moved house and I'd signed up for contents insurance with a group called Honey Insurance. And they were all about turning insurance on its head. So they were doing things really differently and they'd put a pop-up. No sooner had I signed up that I got a VIP um, invitation into their pop-up in the city in Melbourne uh, for their upside down house that had a whole lot of Insta-worthy photos. And I wow. said, okay, girls, we're going in to meet our new contents insurance company um, and took them in. Um, so that I kind of incorporate them kind of into bits and pieces here and there that they get a little Friday afternoon out with mum admittedly going to the city to go into a pop-up but um but yeah I just think that it's important that they see what we do so I would also take an opportunity to take them one by one to a speaking gig as well Mm, so that they can see mum in action I love that and it's that whole you know it's so we've so moved away from that um and a Claire Bowditch put up a post about I'm not Claire sorry that's terrible Clementine Ford um with her son on her back like doing a speaking gig she was like yeah. he was off sick and I had to have him yeah. there and I think bring you know it's no longer children are to be seen and not heard like they are part of our lives and life happens and I think how brilliant of that insurer that they gave you such a great opportunity to include your children and to bring them along and to do something fun like genius <laughs> Well, I just like the idea of doing something different. So I was curious from a marketing perspective. That's really why I was going in there. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to see how it, how it played out for them. And I thought I'd bring, bring the girls along with me. Yeah, I love that. And so um, you've given a few great gems along the way, but what's a tip for our audience if they are wanting to speak more to mums? Oh, okay. Look, without question, the number one thing that you need to get right and where most brands go wrong, and I'm talking about doesn't matter if they're a corporate brand or, a, or you know, a solo operator behind the scenes, um, the number one thing people get wrong is not understanding who their most profitable customer is. Yeah. Um, without question, if you're going to invest in anything in your business, invest in getting that right. So I do a lot of market research projects helping businesses identify that. Um, because otherwise they build this huge marketing strategy. They might be investing in all sorts of spend and they're doing it to the completely wrong audience and 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 so disappointed and upset while they're not getting the sales. Um, so that, that would be my number one tip. And if you want to understand a little bit more about Australian mothers and their psyche, um, there are two free reports on mm. marketingtomums.com.au. Just go down the homepage, scroll down. There's the um, State of Motherhood in Australia report. And there is also um, ISO Mums, which is understanding the impact of home isolation and what kind of new trends we're now seeing as we're coming out of the pandemic. So they're they're two um, freely available reports that will just give you a little bit of insight into overall looking at the Australian mum landscape. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I realised just I laughed because after I asked the question, I was like, it's just it's a very loaded, huge question. What's a tip? But yeah. I was like, maybe you could have just said read my book. <laughs> but well, you um, could do that too. Yes, but they are, they're, those were really great specific um, places to go. So marketingmums.com.au. And, you know, now we'd love to continue following this journey and see this evolution that you're on. So how can we uh, connect with you? 
Yeah, such a good question because there are so many different locations. <laughs> so the ones that I would recommend is uh, I'm always on LinkedIn, Katrina McCarter on LinkedIn, but my personal website is katrinamccarter.com and that's you'll start to see changes happening there over the course of the year and I'd encourage you to have a look at my blog if you want to wanting to see those insights into into storytelling. Um, that, so that's a good space and then if you're interested in marketing to mums I would head over to the marketing to mums website and I guess Emma what I'd love to say is I've got a couple of books yes. um, one of those is a how-to book which is marketing to mums and that's really for small business owners um, if anyone wants to order that through my website and use the promo code free they won't pay any delivery or postage oh so generous beautiful and you did mention to me also a podcast series um, that you created, uh, which I think is would be super valuable and I've seen it. I missed your talk with One Roof the other week, but can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? So no money got, marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got two podcast series, Marketing to Mums, but the one that, Emma, that you're referring to is the Marketing with No Money podcast. And they're really short 10-minute um, episodes, no more than 10 minutes. One strategy, 10 minutes. I talk about why it's important, how you might use it. Um, and that is all about businesses, I guess, learning from some of the things that I've been using with clients for years or I've been using in my own business. So they're tried and tested. Um, they're not just for people that are wanting to market to mums, they're for anyone in business. Um, and that goes whether it's a corporate as well. Mm. Um they're missing a lot of these free foundations and I find them wasting money. So after watching it for so long, I was really keen to actually help people, you know, to show them how you can grow without a marketing budget at all. Oh, I love it. You've given such specific tips and some really helpful, useful tools and strategies. And I do highly recommend following Katrina on um, LinkedIn, really valuable content, but um, also, as I said, I've really enjoyed this evolution for you and um, I'm enjoying this. Your storytelling is beautiful. So thank you for coming. Oh, thank you today. so much, Emma. It's just been, it's been lovely to, you know, reflect on the Lara Pinter and its impact and I guess how it's impacted me in business. So thanks very much for the opportunity. Thank you for today. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Live and Love Your Brand. I'm so grateful that you've shared your time by listening today. That means so much to me. And if you're loving what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you'd leave a review, rate this podcast and subscribe. It really shows me that you care, but it also helps other listeners to find us too. Again, please be sure to connect with me. I love hearing from you and getting to know your story. You can connect with me on Instagram at lovelycoms, Facebook, lovely communications and please do join the gorgeous community live and love your brand our facebook group or if you're ready to take action now and want to improve how you show up in the world with your brand then head on over to lovelycommunications.com again lovely is l-o-v-e-l-l-y communications.com to learn how you can work with me my clients have gone on to experience opportunities that they could never have dreamed of from starting businesses to taking leadership in their own life. They have found the confidence to stand in who they are and to go wholeheartedly after what they truly want in life. And I want that for you too. If you're ready to invest in yourself and reconnect with who you are, then let's chat. Thank you again for listening. Now go into the world and share the beauty that is the uniqueness of you.
Catch you next week, lovely.